Mezat Hashem will continue with our wonderful lessons on um, from the Beis Halavi on the Havat Yisrael. So today we're going to learn how to achieve with Siata Dishmaya how we can actually achieve a Havas Yisrael. And so let's go through a couple of points. And the first point we're going to go through is loving through giving. Loving through giving. So achieving genuine Ahavas Israel can often be a very diff- challenging task. And although we know that we should love every Jew and have read all about it and learned all about it, understand the concept and have a desire to do so as well, nevertheless, there are some people who simply cannot bring themselves to love others. They just can't. Love is an emotional state and therefore intellectual knowledge of the subject is not enough. So we must impact our hearts as well. So how do we train ourselves and change our feelings towards another? How, how do we do that? So Rav Eliyahu Dessler offers a novel and doable technique. He teaches that love comes from giving. A person loves himself more than anything else. And therefore, he loves his own handiwork as well because it's an extension of himself. And the Gemara says that a person would rather have one kav, a measure, of produce that he grew himself, than nine kavim that he receives from someone else. And Rab Dessler says that it's a mistake to think that because you love people, therefore you give to them. And actually it's just the opposite. You love them because you give to them. When you give to them and invest in them, they become an extension of you. So parents don't give to their children because they love them. They love their children because they give to them. And so therefore he says that if you want to train yourself to truly love someone, you must give to him. Think about him. Care about him. Look out for his benefit. And with time you'll begin to love him. So indeed, this has already been stated by our sages in Derek Adesuta. If you want to gain love for your friend, you should do things for his benefit. <clears throat> Rob Dessler says that he saw this in action himself. He knew a family that was separated during the Second World War with a young child who remained with the father for several years. And the father separated from his wife and raised the child. The mother missed her child and yearned greatly for him. When the war ended, the family was reunited. And Rob Dessler says, Behold, there was a wonder. They could not make up the years that had passed. The love that the father had for the son was much deeper than the love of the mother. Why? Because she had been. She had last been with him when he was a little boy. And now he was older. And he was like a stranger to her. Although he was her child, she still yearned for that little baby. And this was also because the father put so much love and effort into the child whereas the mother had been in, un, unable to raise him. So the rule, Rob Dessler says, that when you give to someone else, you aren't losing. Instead, you're spreading out. You're spreading out. You become bigger as you become a part of that person. And that's why you love them. And so based on Rob Dessler's teaching, perhaps we can now understand another meaning to apply to the verse, Rehavata le Recha Kamoha, simply translated as, love your friend as yourself. So now we can explain it as follows. How does one love his friend? When his friend becomes kamoha, like yourself, 
meaning as an extension of you. And how do you do that? Through giving to him. So now let's take a lesson here from our Gedolim. So once Rav Israel Salanter was traveling by train from Salan to Vilna, and he sat in a smoking car, holding it, holding a lit cigarette. So in those days, it was acceptable to smoke cigarettes. So a young man in the same car began to complain loudly about the stench of the smoke. Other passengers were appalled. After all, they were in the smoking car. If smoke bothered him, he should have been in a non-smoking car. And despite that, Rav Salanter extinguished the cigarette and opened the window to dissipate the fumes. A few seconds later, the young man closed the window and yelled at the elderly sage for opening it. This was the height of a chutzpah, a discourtesy that shouldn't be aimed at anyone, surely not an elderly man, let alone a gadol hador. So Rav Salanter apologized to the young man for opening the window. He then immersed himself in a safer. So upon arriving in Vilna, the young man was horrified to see throngs of people gathered to receive the man who had been the butt of his ill temper, who he now realized was one of Europe's most prominent rabbis. The man rushed to the home where Rav Salanter was staying to beg forgiveness. Don't worry, Rav Israel comforted him. A trip can make one edgy. I bear no ill will. Tell me, continued the Musar master, why did you come to Vilna? So the young man explained that he wished to become an ordained shochet, an approbation from an, and, 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 and an approbation from an, a distinguished Vilna rabbi would be universally accepted. So Rav Israel smiled. My own son-in-law is a Rav in Vilna. Rest up and tomorrow you can ask him to test you. So the next day after the test had been administered, it was apparent that the man needed more than rest, for he had failed miserably. However, that didn't deter Rav Israel. He encouraged the man to try again. So for the next several weeks, Rav Israel arranged for tutors and prepared the young man to be able to pass a makeup exam, as well as the test of other well-known Vilna rabbis. Rav Israel even arranged for the man to be hired as a shochet. So before leaving Vilna, the man appeared before Rav Israel with tears. He had tears in his eyes. Tell me, Rebbe, he cried. I was able to understand that you could forgive me for my inexcusable arrogance on the train. But why did you help me so much? That I can never understand. And Rav Israel sat down and held his hand and explained, It is easy to say I forgive you. But deep down, how does one really know if he still bears a grudge? In my heart, I was not sure. The only way to remove a grudge is to take action. And one who helps another develops a love for that for the one he has aided. And by helping you, I created a true love that is overwhelmingly more powerful than the words, I forgive you. Wow, wow, wow. How much we can learn from a, from a Gadol Hador. How much we can learn. And here's another, another uh, a lesson here. As Rob Dazzler explains, that the way to love someone else is through giving. So when you give to someone, that person becomes an extension of yourself, as we learned. And therefore, you love him because he is you. He Here's another eye-opening concept which illustrates his point. Yeah, Rav Shimon Shkop writes a very insightful introduction to his classic, Sharei Yosher. He expounds on this idea, writing that even though Ahavaz Atzmo, loving oneself, is not a good trait, as it seems selfish and is a source of sin and evil in the world, 
And yet we see that Hashem put us into the, put us this concept of loving ourselves. So obviously Hashem wants it, as that is a fundamental of human nature. If there were danger in the room, you would, you would run out because you wouldn't want, you would want to protect yourself. This is the most basic human instinct. So how do we use it in a positive, uh, in a positive way? So the answer is that we need to define atzmo. Who are you? You love yourself, but what or who is included in you? For one person, it's just himself, limited to his body and his material self. And for another person, self might include his neshama, his soul. That's better than a self that just includes the body. Yet another person's self includes his immediate family and his relatives. His love for himself encompasses his entire family. Then for a person who is really great, his self includes the entire Jewish people. He views himself as a limb of the larger body. And there's an even higher level, which is when the person's self encompasses the entire universe. He knows that he's just a little spark of the universe bringing glory to Hashem's name. So this, Rav Shkof says, is how we can understand why Hashem put, us in, put, put into us the trait of loving ourselves. You can't change it. You can't say that you don't love yourself. But what you can do is extend yourself. Broaden yourself. Make yourself larger. How do you do that? By giving. The more you give, the bigger yourself becomes. And that's the secret, guys. Giving does not mean physical giving. I once heard, uh, here it says, brings on um, by the, the, um, the, the base Halevi, that he once heard from Rav Shlomo Wolde that when a young man is learning Torah, he should be thinking that he is learning for the Jewish people, not just for himself. He should be thinking that he's learning in order to bring bracha to the entire world. So with every mitzvah that you do and every act that you do, you should think about what you are giving to the world. And the Talmud says that the whole world exists because people are learning Torah. And the Nefesh Chaim, Chaim writes, if no one at all would be learning for even a split second, the world would cease to exist. So when a person incorporates this into his attitude, then his self is bigger. It encompasses the world. And when his self is bigger, his love of himself includes more, much more than just himself. And now in trying to discern, like, where, where is our heart? Where is our heart in this situation? So the verse in, in Kohela states, a wise man's heart is on his right side and the heart of the fool is on his left. So it's obviously meant figuratively because in human anatomy, everyone's heart is in the same place. So what's meant by saying that a wise man's heart is on the right? So an antidote is told about this Pasuk. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky's cardiologist is listening for a heartbeat on the left side and the Rav, the Rav quipped, you won't find it. Lev hacham leyemino. A wise man's heart is on the right side. So I heard the following homiletical explanation in the name of Valhofitz Haim. When two people face each other and one of them points at the other's heart, it will be with his right hand, since the right is used to allude to something positive and, and beneficial. Lev hacham leyemino means that a wise man's heart is not for himself. It's for others because his concerns are not selfish. And therefore, his heart is on the right side. He doesn't use his heart in a selfish way. His heart is there to give to others. And therefore, from the perspective of the other person, the heart is on the right. Whereas Lev Kesil, the heart of a fool, is for himself, 
So his heart is on the left side. So this is the foolishness that the Yetzirah tries to sell us. It's the foolishness of having the wrong perspective, thinking that our concerns and emotions should be for ourselves. And we don't, we don't need to experience them from the perspective of giving to others. Why is that foolish? Why? What is the foolishness of a person thinking that he should look out for number one? What's the foolishness in that? The answer is that a person who lives for himself isn't really a happy individual. He thinks that being selfish will make him happy. But the selfish person ultimately ultimately feels miserable. And that's why the Yetzirah is selling him on foolishness. It's really foolish to think that being a taker rather than a giver will make you or anyone happy. And even though it's also scientifically proven, and, and we accept this from the teachings of our sages without a doubt, it's in interesting though to see how scientists have discovered this idea as well. The National Academy of Sciences shared the following studies. One study found that those who volunteered to give blood after an earthquake felt less pain and did than did those who underwent a routine blood test, despite the use of a larger needle. And the second study found that people who freely gave their time to revise a handbook for the children of migrant workers experienced less pain when exposed to cold temperatures than did the people who didn't volunteer. So in the most interesting study, researchers asked participants to consider donating money to help orphans. If they chose to do so, they were asked to rate how helpful they believed their donation would be. And the brains of all the participants were, were then scanned via, via an MRI. So while they received a nasty electric shock to their hands. And the pain control centers in the brains of the donors reacted less to the painful sensation than did those who did not contribute. Not only that, but the more people believed their altruistic actions were helpful, the less their brains responded to the pain. So this is so fascinating. So giving to other people is actually beneficial to the giver. The, these brain studies show that regions of the brain that react to painful stimuli appear to be instantly deactivated by the act of giving. And we don't understand, we don't need studies to prove these things to us, right? Because we have our Torah. Our Torah teaches this to us. But it's interesting that scientists are discovering that good deeds diminish physical pain. And therefore, the wise man is the one who gives to others. He realizes that his heart is on the right side. Whereas the fool doesn't realize that taking for yourself is counterproductive. His heart is on the left. So, Bezat Hashem, we're going to continue with more, with more um, practical, practical insights on Avas Yisrael, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow. And uh, some food for thought is basically, you want to see if this concept has any, you know, truth to it. I'm, I'm sure you do because our Torah just teaches how we need to be sharing and loving you know, uh, and carrying with each other, and Claudia's role especially, when, when you form a bond and you become united and we're an octut, it's something that's incredible, it's magical, it's beyond nature. No one can penetrate us, no one can harm us, and we are invincible. Guys, invincible. When we are in Akdut, we are invincible. We don't have anyone or anything to fear. Nothing, nothing. We can do like the Maccabees did in the time of Hanukkah. We could go with a limited number of men and we can go and we can conquer armies and nations and the whole world. It doesn't matter because we have, we have the protection of Kadosh Baruch Hu. 
we have the protection of Hashem Yisbarak himself. When we're in Agdut, we have that. And, and, and just, to, just to give you another thing of practicality here, based on what we were just talking about, hit, hug someone. Hug someone. When you hug someone, so you know physically, a physical, on a physical level, there is brain activity that shows that after a person gives a hug, there's more dopamine and so forth, you know, being released like in the brain. It's something that's like beyond nature, beyond nature to understand these things and what a hug can do to someone. So when you feel a little bit down and if someone comes to hug you, notice how you feel afterwards. Notice how you both feel because you both are going to feel an elevated sense of something, of something. I don't know if it's melatonin or I don't know if it's dopamine, but definitely there's some hormones. There's a lot of hormones actually that raise its level when a person hugs another person. It's just something magical, I tell you. And that's just with a hug. That's just with a hug. And that's a person giving a hug. They're giving a physical extension of themselves into another human being. Go hug if, if you know, go hug your friend and, and just hug her for no reason. Say, I just want to hug you just because. And see how you feel. See how you feel. And then ask the person, how did you feel? But give them a really good, loving, caring, all-embracing hug. And, and 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 stay with that feeling and and know that what we're learning here is all about that it's all about extending ourselves further and further and further and how do we do that by giving and giving and giving and caring and giving giving and caring that's how we do that in our hearts the more you you give the more you care the more you extend yourself so you're no longer just you 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 are now connected and resonating towards an entire an entire community or an entire all of Klal Israel or even as we just learned earlier to the whole universe to the whole universe so every time you do a mitzvah just say I'm doing a mitzvah at the Shem Shemayim the Shem Shemayim and start to really put your mind out there and see all the effect of that mitzvah how it has on the world and the more you start to realize the beautiful things that you do to this world because every kind act that you do every mitzvah that you do for anyone for anyone anyone reverberates throughout the world and it just it's a ripple effect and it elevates the whole world to a different level you're revealing Hashem is what you're doing you're revealing Hashem in the world and you when you reveal Hashem in the world you're elevating humanity you're elevating Hashem's creation and that's the job of a Jew so and with that being said that's also a Chavat Israel is elevating ourself and the Klal to above nature and cleaving back to our creator which is the source of everything and with that we're the most powerful powerful entity in the entire existence of this universe so we'll continue with these lessons Hashem, tomorrow baruch adonai leolam amen ve amen